Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boys from For Those With Good Taste. I'm Matt. That's Lenny. Hello, hello. And welcome hello. back to the channel. What should they do first, Len? If I had to take a guess, and there's a real, real stumper, Matt, I would say they should look to the Do South. Do South. For the subscribe button. It's probably, no, I think it's closer to you. They should also look for the like button. And hey, throw a comment down at the bottom, right? Be team players. Yeah, let's get into some comment wars. Yeah, team sports. I'm ready to go. Yeah. How you doing this weekend, buddy? I am a great, man. Coming off a uh, fantastic week of action. Uh, not big name value, but great action. To say the least. It was one of those cards. Uh, man, did we, I would say, what, two possible knockout of the year candidates? I think one is a definite for sure. We got spoiled, definitely, with the, uh, the striking that night. Oh, man. And I, I unfortunately... Didn't do a disservice, but the gentleman who landed that Taekwondo handle back kick, un it was unbelievable. And then Corey Maybe you Sanhagen. put some respect on his name. And like yeah, let me look it up. But um, why, why don't you tell me about how you felt about that Corey Sanhagen wheel kick? Uh, it was beautiful. I was actually kind of bummed when it happened because I was just, the fight was really good. Yeah. And you always want to see those exciting KOs, but it's also really weird how graceful like a spinning wheel kick is. Because you never actually end up getting like a hard impact. I guess the Terry Adam knockout, they had some Barbosa. Well, even then, his leg kind of just went with it. Yeah. Like his leg went clear through his head. It's just such a powerful uh, kick and it's such a your heel is such a powerful part of your body that like it barely needs to connect, connect with the temple. And it's just like, it's like a gunshot to the head. Like when you think about, uh, when you think about wheel kicks, I mean, the guy who's really known for them is Edison, Edson Barbosa. And he mm -hmm. was on the card. Yeah. And it takes a lot to to really outshine an Edson Barbosa wheel kick. And to do it against someone like Marlon Moraes, who's who's really known for kind of being his own little highlight reel. No, no slouch in the stand-up department, that guy. I, I think, uh, I mean, he's responsible for one of the biggest head kick knockouts against uh, Aljo Sterling. Yeah. And again, one of those fights that broke my heart because I'm a huge fan of Aljo Sterling. You know, but, speaking of Aljo Sterling, you have uh, Sandhagen in the main event this past weekend. He's the one who pulls off the, the huge victory, second round KO with the, the wheel kick. Uh, previously coming off of like a very devastating, kind of embarrassing loss to Aljamain Sterling where he got outclassed within like a minute, I feel like. It was, it was, it just, was relatively quickly. It was, it was in that first fast, round. Very fast, right? Yeah. Uh, so it, huge for him. Happy to see him um, on the comeback. He called out a couple names after the fight was over. Uh, those two names being Frankie Edgar and give me the other one. Uh, I'm going to blank out on this. We're the worst. We're the worst. Either way, Frankie Edgar, um, which I, I would be interested in them and him fighting him again, right? Or not again, um, but it would be a good it'd be a good yeah. fight to see. I mean, Corey Sanhagen's been slowly kind of making his way up that ladder, and now he's getting some of those bigger fights. And I mean, you knock off Marlon Moraes, that that puts you. In a really, really good spot for a title shot. But the name that was uh, escaping me was Joaquin Buckley. I was going to be all around that. I, I had a good feeling about it. Uh, but what an epic, like, Mortal Kombat level finisher that dude put I, down. I've, I've I, I haven't had my phone blow up like that from alerts between ESPN, BuzzFeed, every, Bleacher Report. Everybody was all over this. Did you see Dana White after the fight talking to him? I didn't. It was like... He looked like I saw the photos and he looked like a kid in a candy store. It was like heartwarming, man, because as soon as he sees Dana White walk up, he gets this like immediate like joy on his face because he's so proud of like at the same time he's so new to the sport and like Dana White obviously for a lot of these guys the first couple of times they're gonna fight in the UFC and be around him. I'm sure it is a little surreal and a little bit larger Star than life. Strike. 
Because, yeah, you, you remember all these speeches on The Ultimate Fighter. Obviously, you respect what he's done for the game. And he's the owner of the fucking biggest organization in the sport. Uh, so, so I'm sure it's like kind of a big moment. And then on top of that, you're having this like celebrity moment. It's the tough thing. And I don't want to be a downer for this guy. Is, but like, like, where do you go from here? You know, you look at what happened to um, Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall yeah. had these like this level of expectation because you go look at the knockouts that he had of Adam Sella. I believe on the it was fighter. on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, kind of similar in fashion, actually, too, when you when you go back and look at it. Stunning is the word when I think about that Uriah Hall knockout. And when I think about yeah, I can watch that that replay over and over and over again. The difference with his versus the the Sanhagen one is like we talked about with Sanhagen, it's so graceful. The way the like foot clips against the head oh, and yeah. he just like falls down all in one, like it's like poetry, right? It's like in this one motion. It's, it's art. Um, but then you watch the uh Buckley knockout and it's like that's violence like that's the violence of MMA the, the hardness that his foot and his heel impact against the guy's head it's it's nuts and he, it, he takes the torque off the spin to use it from the from the other his opponent just imagine that split second where you're like ooh, I caught the leg oh no I yeah. caught the leg I don't even know if he had the chance to register like no. oh shit like there's another foot coming at me this guy never put his leg down like and, and this is a great story coming out of here because Impa Kasan Kasane I guess is how you would pronounce that. Uh, that's my, my best effort there. Um, they, they've been both graceful in, in victory and defeat. These guys yeah. are really good guys. They've been complimenting each other on social media. What are you going to do after something like that happens? You're going to talk shit? Like you, you kind of have to just marvel at it, I guess. Unfortunately, being on the receiving end of that, you're still part of history. A, a historical moment. Yeah, you're on the you're in the definitely part of history. And also, I don't think anybody leaves that fight being like, dude, that guy sucked. Like he no. got hit with that kick. It's like, no, like he was going after it. And this guy pulled an epic fucking move off and it would have knocked out anybody it hit. There's no stopping that. Yeah. And, and you think you've done well when you, when you immediately stop that first strike. So coming off of those two knockouts, uh, was there anything else that stood out from you? No, I mean, I think the main event's great and anybody should watch that and catch a clip of that, uh, that knockout. Certainly was incredible. Mm-hmm. I where did, I I don't even know where to go f- as far as like if you're Marlon Marais cuz it's it's been a pretty tough road for him. Uh he's still got legs, you know. Like I, I think that he he's got to address maybe some stamina issues that I think he's going to have. He was even if that fight got out of the first or second round, he didn't look like he was going to win that no. to me. No. Um it looked like Sam Higgins fight and maybe we're just seeing that like Mar- Marlon Marais had that moment to go up, but Peak. You know, maybe he's on the on the other side where he's going to beat most top ten, but maybe not top five. Oh, that's a sad story. Yeah, I know you like <laughs> him. I, I like him too, but whatever. He's a good performer. Always good in the division. One um, of the that, two, um, one of the two guys from World Series of Fighting that have really come over and stood pro- out. Uh, proven that talent outside of the UFC can for sure come in. Exactly, uh, and, and it leads us to get some good expectations with Mike Chandler. But this weekend. We've got quite a uh, quite a, quite a fight that's been building up with a little bit of controversy, uh, a rescheduled fight. It's been um, a year and uh, a year in the making, I suppose. Yes, uh, some, so, someone I'm a huge fan of, Brian T. City Ortega. It's your guy. I'd like to think I was on that hype train along with some other people that we know well before uh, he started to blow up. But it's been almost two years since his last fight, and he's coming up against uh, somebody who you and I know to be. 
quite a stellar fighter and, and one of the cream of the crop at that division. One of my favorite zombies. Yeah, definitely one of my favorites. The Korean zombies, my guy, like he's been around, uh, what was his first fight in the UFC at this point? It's got to have been 2011, 2012. Leonard maybe. Garcia? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, well, the first one of those was actually WEC also. Yes. Got to yes. remember. Uh, so he's been around forever. The, the nickname uh, is pretty self-explanatory, but for those that don't know, it's just that this man is a savage and walks through, uh, or especially as early in his career, he was known for his ability to just march through punishment uh, in order to get the finish, exhaust his opponents, uh, and he would just break people. Now he's evolved a little bit further into his career, and I would say he's um, more of a technical striker, maybe uh, has a little bit more of a reserved pace to him where he's picking out his shots better. But he's not afraid to go to war if you're thinking of that Yair Rodriguez fight. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, man. And it's a bummer because you look at his past five fights, and I believe you'd be looking at he would be four and five out of his last five if he didn't get knocked out with seconds left on the fight on the clock. There we go. Because was he, I mean, to my recollection, he was beating Yair, he right? He was winning that fight, and that was a fight that had uh, a couple of issues where Yair kept stopping in the middle of the fight to kind of put out his hands and hug the Korean zombie or yeah. Chang Sung Jung. And he was definitely ahead. And then Yair comes up with this freak of nature elbow. Another once in a lifetime strike, right? Like oh, you don't man. see people really do that either. Stunning. Yeah. That, that's the word I think of. But this is a fight, my guy against your guy. But your guy is coming off of a, a pretty impressive victory over a crafty vet, someone that we've spoke pretty high love, highly of in the past, Frankie the Answer Edgar. Yeah, so Korean Zombie, for those that don't know, he also, he had to take, uh, I, I believe it was two years off for mandatory. Mili- like mandatory military duty in Korea. Uh, he also then had maybe injuries that kept him out a little bit after that. So but he was out like about four th- years There was total. a jump between three and a half to four years yeah. between when he fought, uh, I want to say it was Jose Aldo, mm-hmm. I think was the fight that he fought for the title. He had to take some time off and then came back and destroyed Dennis Bermudez. Yeah, so he and he's been on kind of a tear ever since that coming back. Fought twice last year, has yet to fight in 2020. Um, we're looking at a similar layoff in a way that... Ortega's coming off right now where he actually has not fought in two years yeah. uh, between uh, a title fight till now. And he just had a lot of injuries coming out of that title fight, broken nose. Uh, and then I believe when this fight gets booked initially, and this was all the way back in December, yep. ends up with a, was it a shoulder injury? He ended up with a shoulder injury. And I think he had to get surgery on that shoulder. And let's go back to that last fight with Max Holloway. That's his first career loss, uh, a fight where... Up until that point, Brian Ortega was known for being the guy who could be down two to three rounds and still come back out and pull out a victory at the end of every fight. It's kind of his MO for the beginning stage of his career. I think he had like, uh, what was it, like four straight third round finishes or something crazy? It, it, and they were all come come from behind yeah. victories where he's uh, he's down on the cards. Tavares was one of them. That fight was epic. You also had uh, Clay Guida was another one where he lands like a flying knee, I think, in the third round. He lands the flying knee, but then I'm pretty sure he finishes him with a sub in that fight as well. Yeah. Uh, and he's coming off of victories against Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson. Uh, the Cub Swanson ones that st- that sticks out very highly because it was a standing guillotine that he readjusted on. Like mm-hmm. he had it locked in at first, didn't think it was tight enough, readjusted midair. And it, it set him up for a huge fight against Max Holloway where... It's not to say that he didn't step up to the challenge because he was definitely game, but you could see that there was a level of experience that Max was bringing to the table. Yeah, it was really crazy because I think that was uh, one of those going into the fight. And we maybe saw something similar to this in a way um, a couple weeks ago with Izzy, right, where 
there's these guys that are the the one and two in the division, and you're like, I can't wait to see them get there. Like they're so great. And then once you get them in the cage, it doesn't always work out the way we expect it to. You know, there's just those you want to see those fights happen. And you bring up the Izzy and Costa fight, and it was just a level of class above the rest because we talked about Izzy's experience in kickboxing and MMA with Paulo Costa just kind of bringing a, an energy perspective but not really having the experience. And we, yeah. we kind of saw that play out a lot in that Max Holloway-Brian Ortega fight. Yeah, I think we all knew Ortega would be game. And we were questioning, well, I, and I think it's going to be similar to, in my opinion, what I'm worried about or going to look to see in this fight is – when it gets to the ground with any of these guys, are are they going to be able to last with a guy like Brian Ortega? Because maybe the best jujitsu uh, practitioner in MMA right now, or one I mean, of them, his name's T City for a reason. Yeah, he, and, he was Mister Triangle Choke for for a couple of fights when he first came into the UFC. Yeah, so I I can definitely see that between the guillotines, the uh, he, I'm sure he, he's got every submission down, right? And when in, when it comes to this fight, looking forward, I, I say to myself like. Is is that going to be the difference? You know, experience played a big difference to your point in the Holloway fight. And Holloway kept the fight where he wanted it to be and really focused on a stand-up game that is way more evolved than what we're, we've seen from Brian T. City, who's a good boxer, but maybe, in my opinion, a little bit more of a brawler, which in this fight is going to lend to both the strength um, and weakness of a Korean zombie, right? Because he's going to be willing to throw down in this. So we're going to have some really great stand-up exchanges. But it comes down to what does Korean Zombie plan to do? Because he likes to fight everywhere, you know? Well, let's talk about Korean Zombie's resume a little bit. Because if you look at the fights that he's kind of known for, those brawls with Yair Rodriguez, the brawls with uh, the brawl with Yair Rodriguez, the brawls with Leonard Garcia, they're all fights where his volume and his pace just continue to push. There's not really any stopping him. And he's able to, there's a reason they call him the zombie. He's able to take as many punches as it as he needs to to get into the space that he wants to get in to be effective. And he's a finisher. So like, to, he goes through all this and it's not like he's sticking in there for three round wars though. Like he's been in them and you know, he can he's go there, twister? but he's, he's pulled the twister early in his career, but let's look at recently, you know, Dennis Bermuda's KO um, first round uh, from a punch. Renato uh, Moicano, right? Same thing. First round punch. Frankie Edgar, first round TKO punches. Like the guy, uh, three of his last fights, five fights have been just first round finishes. And then the one loss that he has in the past three years is that Yair fight where it is a war, you know? So he's shown when you put him in there with people he's supposed to beat, he does it in devastating fashion. When he Maybe goes up people with that the, he's not supposed to beat, would you say that he was expected to beat Frankie Edgar? Yeah, no, sure. he was okay. huge. Uh, he was a big fan. He was a favorite, sure, sure. I mean, you have to remember, this is Frankie Edgar in 2019 where he, in the t- 145 fights, he's losing. Now that he's gone down to 135, maybe we've seen a rejuvenation in him, but I don't think at that point there was too many people picking, especially sure, on short sure. notice, like we were going to get into here, right? It was on for short notice that we believe he ends up fighting Frank, Frank Yeager, Yeager yeah. right? Because that was supposed to be the initial fight date for Brian Ortega. Yeah, if we look at the timeline, that December 21st date was the original, uh, 2019, was the original scheduled fight between the Korean Zombie and Brian Ortega. Mm-hmm. That fight gets scrapped due to injury. Frankie Edgar steps in. He was supposed to fight at 135. Ends up sticking it out at 145 and, and picking up that, that main event fight. Yeah. And, and no, again, these losses are never held against Frankie Edgar because he just steps in on a week or two notice. A weight class up from what he's intending to fight against. Against a guy like the Korean Zombie who... Yeah, that's why I say when you, when you say, yeah, Korean Zombie was the favorite. 
I don't think Frankie Edgar goes in any fight where he's like, yeah, I don't have a chance against this guy. But his, his chin at one forty five is just suspect, and that's where I don't know yeah. how much you put into that knockout there. Like I, I again, I, if he's gonna Korean Zombie's gonna win this fight if this if it stays standing, sure. I, I would feel pretty comfortable in saying that. My one hesitation in getting to like a prediction on this fight is, uh, and you can maybe give your your thoughts on it that the ground differential. The ground differential is going to be a huge factor, but the same way that you have the question of. You know, Korean Zombie can really take it wherever he wants to. He can he can keep the fight standing. He can go to the ground if he wants to. With Brian Ortega, he wasn't really known as a striker up until just recently. Uh, when he when he knocked out Frankie Edgar or, or hurt Rock Frankie Edgar and was able to sub him, he got very comfortable with his striking game. We start seeing it come on a little bit later. He's a slow starter when it comes to a stand-up game. If it goes to the ground, I don't see... I don't see Korean Zombie being better than T-City Ortega on the ground. No way. But I, think I, I don't see it. In, do you think he's going to survive with him on the ground? Because he has great submissions. So uh, Dustin Poirier fight. Yes. Korean Zombie versus Dustin Poirier showed he had a lot of really creative transitions on the ground. But, you know, Dustin Poirier is not the grappler that T-City is. And, and when we think about that type of, that level of grappling, I mean, Henry Gracie has gone as far as to say that Brian Ortega has some of the best jujitsu he's ever seen. And if you're going to get a stamp of approval from somebody, to me, like Henry Gracie, um, from an outside perspective, is one of the seemingly most knowledgeable jujitsu people from a coaching perspective I've seen. Like most of the stuff that I know was watching like weekly Gracie jujitsu breakdowns on their YouTube channel. Well, that's that's another reason why Henner is as big as he is, because in that MMA community or that jujitsu community is really well known, but he's also blowing up on social media he's a huge advocate of of getting knowledge of the sport and and his little gadgets and gizmos that he creates getting those out there the, the online school yes online yes school. he's a he's a huge proponent to getting that out there so to say that brian ortega is one of the best jujitsu practitioners that he's ever seen it, it does make me wonder that if this goes to the ground is korean zombie going to be able to keep up um so before we get into maybe your final like our, both of our predictions for the fight the, the last question I kind of want to ask you about T-City is, first of all, the layoff. And with combination, we just were watching his interview with Brett Okamoto from a few weeks back. And he was referencing rebuilding essentially his entirety of his training camp outside of um, Henry Gracie. Uh, do, does that type of thing, the, the two years off for multiple reasons, injury, but also some mental stuff uh, in combination with uh, some of his antics, like he was never known as a guy for antics, but he's slapping a K-pop guy. Uh, in the crowd and getting uh, was he arrested for that? I don't know. Were they sued? Uh, there was a police report filed. Uh, I, I think Jay Park wanted to press charges, and it never ended up culminating into anything. So you, you know, you just add all of that stuff up, and you say, "Is his fo- has his focus been what it should?" And then red flags are always changing camp. So does that does that stuff worry you? You're talking about the trifecta of red flags. Uh, the trident. Exactly, yeah. exactly that. Because you're coming off of your first professional loss in on the biggest stage against some would say the pound for pound best at that weight class. No shame there. Yeah. No shame there. The aftermath is what I'm concerned about is mm-hmm. how many things are you, how much are you changing? We're seeing that with the camps. How much have you actually accepted what's happened in that fight? And I heard a lot of, not excuses, but I heard reasoning around, you know, hey, I wasn't able to get back up to you know, the normal weight that I'm normally fighting at when I get back into the octagon uh, after the weight cut. There's 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 not a conversation of I, I ran up against a better fighter. My game plan wasn't structurally what I needed it to be. 
And when I broke my nose, I didn't really know how to adapt. Those are all things that I, I don't really hear. And that concerns me. So those are two concerns right off the back. And then finally, you're fighting a guy who's coming off of momentum. He, he's got two big wins in his feather, in his cap. Those are two feathers in his cap already. And this is something that's been building up. You slapped his buddy. You're, you know, jabbing and jicking and jiving all over social media about, you know, him ducking the fight. Now that this is going to happen, you have a lot to prove and there's a lot stacked against you. Whereas Chang Sung Jun just got to get in there and, and, and do what he always does. Yeah, he's maybe talked a little bit uh, like Chan Sung Jun along the way. But yeah, like he has not, uh, he's not, he's kind of just played the role, his normal role. And like the silent assassin maybe is the way you might put him out there. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much talking he's going to do. He's not known for it. Yeah. You know, this is, this is the most animated, I guess you could say, we've seen him before a fight. There's a lot of concerns for me being a Brian Ortega fan. So uh, with that being said, who do you got? I feel like it's obvious. Well, I know, like, but well, you know what? So, what's <laughs> so, the outcome? What's, yeah, what's the outcome? How do we get there? I'm gonna pick Brian Ortega, and I think if he does get a, if he does win, it's gonna be by finish. I think he'd have a very difficult time going five rounds with the Korean Zombie. Give me a third round finish by submission. Okay. If he does win, it's gonna be by submission. I'll take it in the third. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, that. That sounds like a good prediction. I, I will go the other way. Uh, and I'm going to pick Korean Zombie. A little bit picking with my heart. He's my preferred fighter here. Uh, I will say decision. Uh, five. It's going to go the full five. Uh, Brian Ortega will show some great flashes, as I'm sure he's always shown to do. Uh, and Korean Zombie will edge him out at the end. To your point, if Ortega is to get a win, I would I would probably see it by ta- getting a finish out there and taking him out some sometime in those first few rounds. Uh, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned that this could turn into a stand up fight. A little bit of this. This is going to be there's going to be violence. Like this is this is going to be a bloodbath. I'm pretty sure. I'm glad like, you said it. I didn't want to be the one yeah, to say it. This is going to be a fight where it is, if it stands standing, neither one of these guys are going to be running away and trying to fight technical and get in and out. Like they're gonna. Sit on a like a napkin in the in the octagon and throw down a bit here. Uh, so we're going to be in for fireworks. I just don't know if that lends itself to your guy. I don't think it does, but Probably we're going to go with that. Yeah, we'll find out. Right, uh, free fight. So if you're a casual fan, uh, you, you, this is a definite tune in. Like this is a, a tune in. Absolutely. I, this one. This one is a. I, I I don't like saying must watch. So so I'll just say like. If you have any interest, this is one to pop in. Uh, main cards probably is either at 8 or 10. Who knows? They've been doing the fight nights uh, in Abu bit. Dhabi at 9 now. Yeah, so that, that'd be cool because it will be done right around 11, 11.30 probably. Which that's, would be great. That's nice for everybody out there. Free Fight uh, has the potential to showcase a plethora of different skills. So after you check out this episode... Get ready to tune in to Brian Ortega versus the Rick Korean Zombie. Yeah, and give us our, your fight pick below. Hold us accountable to ours, and uh, we'll see you back next episode. Darn right. Cool, guys. Uh, until right. next time, make sure, again, to subscribe down below, like, comment, check us out on Instagram at For Those With Good Taste, uh, on Twitter, not that we use it, at Good Taste Live, uh, and we'll see you soon. Later, Later guys. It is in the chat, y'all.